0: But when we get through and we're reading these things from Romans 12, 13, for learning about Christian living, this is how we should be conducting ourselves uh, inside the church and outside the church. We shouldn't be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this person when I'm at church and I'm this person here. No, we're, we're called to be the same person. That's hypocrisy, right? That's, that's, that's the living, uh, you know, a hypocrite. The, the word uh, really is, is something that, you know, our old pastor used to talk about, uh, and he would say that the actors back in way back in the, uh, I'll just say the uh, Renaissance days, I'm just going to pick that out. Right. They would be acting and they would put a mask on and they would be one that is acting as though they're somebody else. And they would call them the hypocrites. Right. So when, and, and uh, so consider what, what do we, uh, as Christians we're, we're called, Oliver just said it. We're, we're called to, to worship God in spirit and in truth. Right. We're, we're not supposed to be somebody we're not. Uh, but what are we called to do? How are we supposed to live our lives? That's what Paul is talking about here. That's what we're picking up here in Romans chapter 14. Now this is uh, this is an interesting one to get into. Romans 14 uh, is a, we start out discussing the law of liberty, freedom. <clears throat> says uh, verse one says, receive one that is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things, for one believes that he may eat all things. But he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let uh, not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not uh, him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. This is not talking about somebody starving themselves. Or it's not talking about somebody uh, laughing at somebody. No, this is all talking about uh you know when when you consider uh especially when the gospel was just getting spread right and the, the gospel's going out, it started being preached inside Israel, and dietary restraints are very important in their culture, what they can eat, what they cannot eat and and then along comes jesus christ and and his ministry and uh, and we see in Acts chapter ten that the Lord is showing Peter that he, it's it's not uh, against God's will to go to the Gentiles, those who aren't Christians, and he's presenting him all these foods that would have been unclean for him to eat in his old religion of, uh, of Judaism. And uh, so uh, Peter is being shown this sheet that's coming down, and he sees these things, he's like, well, I can't eat those, those, those are unclean. And, and the Lord tells him, you can't call uh, what I've called clean, unclean. There's, there's, uh, so w- we see here uh, as we're getting into this. What's developing here is, is Paul is addressing a culture, some something that, that they had embraced that they had grown up with, and uh, so some of the Jews would, they were at the point where they were, they were sometimes, and, and you can even um, see this in in different letters. You can see the people wanting to, okay, well I'm going to embrace the law. Galatians is 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 one of those those books where Paul, this this Paul. Uh, is addressing those that are are now named uh, by the name of Christ, and uh, they, but they want to return to the law. And he's going, you foolish Galatians, what are you doing? What's bewitched you? What what's happening here? You know, you've been freed from these things. Why are you trying to go back to those things? So what Paul was addressing is within the church there have been these divisions that had happened, and their divisions specifically. What he's addressing is is who has the freedom to eat whatever they want. And who believes that they still need to hold to the dietary restraints, right? So uh, we remember from our study, uh, Jerusalem Council, right? Uh, when, when everybody's trying to figure out, wait a minute, that's Acts chapter 15. Uh, okay, so, so these people are coming to Christ. What do we do? Do we bring them under the law? And Peter's like, no, we don't bring them under the law. We couldn't even bear that, right? And I'm totally paraphrasing this stuff. But essentially, they got to the point: like, are we going to try to make them do all the things that we needed to do and we couldn't do, or do we want them to walk in the freedom of Christ? Right. So, so this, they had to come to a point, and then they were they basically came out saying, "Hey, don't get involved in sexual immorality or or idolatry, worshiping false gods." That's essentially what they, you know, when when you look at what, what was described there. So now, when Paul here is addressing these things. He even says here, receive one who is weak in the faith. That's an important thing. I know we're still on chapter 1, verse 1, word 1, right? Or chapter 14, you know what I meant. But just to start off, it doesn't say reject those who are are weak in the faith. It tells us to uh, receive those who are weak in the faith. Somebody who's new, somebody who's just getting started, right? Spiritually, they're an infant, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, reject them when they're just trying to learn and in, in those things they're brand new in their faith and it says uh, you know receive one uh who is weak in the faith but not to disputes over doubtful things and then he gets into the so don't bring him in just to fight with him right so that you just be like all right now we're going to come in here we're just going to go toe to toe over this 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 and this and you must fall in line in here paul's saying no 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 it's not what it's about at all he says for one believes he can eat all things and uh but he who is weak eats only vegetables. So there's this thing. Okay, was this meat sacrificed to idols? Was, uh, you know, can I can I eat this bacon? And uh, for us, that's yes, right? Uh, we, we want bacon. Bacon wrapped. I've seen bacon wrapped. Who brought in, who was it here that brought in bacon wrapped carrots? Was that you? Yeah, I didn't get to have one. There was one left and I just kind of like, I saw somebody else looking at him like, go ahead. But you can you can wrap bacon around it. So w- what he's saying, right? You can put bacon in, in anything. I never knew that you'd do that. Uh, but they looked really good at first. My mind was, but we have the freedom to eat what because you know I'm thinking a carrot and bacon didn't seem to go together. But they smelled awesome and they looked good, and everybody that had one said they were great. Anyways, we're way off uh, off topic here. What do we eat here? What Paul is saying: Don't get focused on the foolish things. Don't worry about these things. What do you? So if somebody's weak in their faith, remember that that uh, they might be new in their faith. They might still be growing in in grace, right? They might still be so ingrained, because think, a lot of, uh, especially Jews that came uh, to Jesus Christ, they were, they were going, wait a minute. So all these laws that I had to follow that would keep me in right standing with God, I don't need to be like, yeah, don't go kill people and all those things, but the dietary restraints and the ceremonial cleaning is and all those things, right? No longer required. Christ fulfilled everything. So there's a freedom there for them. And, and some are still growing in grace. Some are growing in maturity in their faith. That's what Paul was talking about in somebody, when somebody is weak, when they're weak in the faith. They're new. They, they, they're, or or they, they may not be new time-wise, but they're still young. They're still a you know, baby Christian because they haven't grown. And what he's saying is, is don't let arguments start coming about over over the, the things of food, you know, whether who's going to eat this and who's going to eat that. Uh, don't let that be uh, something that comes in. And would cause cause division here. Don't don't uh, argue over the little stuff. And and even says, uh, you know, let not uh, he who eats despise he who doesn't, and let not he who doesn't despise him who does. You know, because look what it says here: for God has received him. So we need to be careful about trying to control the lives of others, and understand that uh, the Lord is doing the work in a fellow brother and sister. And that we're not to be coming along and, and you know you know with a little shocker or something every time that they're, they're you know maybe looking at uh, you know in, in this direction or whatever. It's just encouraging them to to embrace grace, to embrace the freedom of Jesus Christ, uh, understanding that we're not going to ever be able to do enough to to pay for our sins or to earn favor with God. So then we can just rest in His grace. That's a that's a wonderful place to be. But things can get confusing even over a diet, right? So they might be still be growing in grace, uh, you know, we are not called to um uh, try to uh grow and and uh please the Lord by uh, yes, we should be pleasing the Lord by our works, but to pay for our sins by our works, we're not. So, uh Paul's just saying don't get fired up over what people are eating. Now, this can go into in today's world cuz we're not really in that, but it could go into did you watch a PG 13 movie? Now, obviously, there are movies we shouldn't be watching, right? There, there's pornography out there that should not be the part uh, a part in in the Christian's life at all, right? We understand those things, but for me, um, I, there there are things that uh, that uh, that I can't partake in. I may have the freedom to, but as a as as a Christian and as a pastor, is this going to cause somebody else to stumble? We're going to get into that. But we have to be concerned with what what might this do to uh, to affect somebody negatively, okay? So uh, oftentimes when we first come into the faith faith, we can we can be very legalistic. and oh, you know, I'm being very rigid in those things, and I've got to do this, I got to do that, or I'm rejecting Christ and those things. It's growing in grace. And we'll see how this unfolds here as we go through here. Very easy to be legalistic. Verse four, Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. So uh, understand that nobody is our servant, and we're not anybody else's servant. We belong to the Lord. Uh, That we have to look at at each other as a brother or sister, someone that God is working in. Uh, That that we are Christ's workmanship created uh, for good works. That, that our lives have changed, and now we're Christ's workmanship. He's changing us. He's doing a work within us. So we need to be patient with, with one another. James chapter 4, verses 11 through and 12 say, it should be coming up here, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother or judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. For... Uh, sorry, there is one lawgiver gi- law who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? It, it, it's, it's not our part. We have to understand this servant belongs to God, and God is, is going to do uh, the work he wants to do. Should we, when we see our brother falling or sister falling into sin, uh, address that? Absolutely. But some of these things here, we just need to let God, we don't, we're not called to be the master over them. God is their master. And with the Holy Spirit in them, the Holy Spirit will bring the conviction. When something needs to be removed from somebody's life, right? When something is is being addressed, uh, that, that's just keeping them from growing. Or there's something there that's, that's in the way. Of, uh, of them uh, progressing in their faith, the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. Yes, we should encourage people, but we're—they are not our servants; they belong to the Lord. So uh, it's a very fine line. You can see that that can get—we uh, can overstep sometimes, or we can understep sometimes. It's all about just praying for the Lord to give us wisdom in how we minister to one another. Verse 5, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He He who eats eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks and Uh, He who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. So uh, these uh, esteeming one day more than another. And uh, some days, some uh, do uh, every day the same. Uh, I don't celebrate the Jewish Sabbath. uh, So that's Saturday. Now, uh, that's not a day of worship. That's a day of rest. We have to understand the difference in those, right? So Sunday is what we call the Lord's Day. Uh, in Christians, uh, in Christianity, Sunday is called the Lord. This is not the Sabbath. So Sunday is not the Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday, right? Uh, even, even in Spanish, when you, when you look at the word, uh, uh Saturday is Sábado, right? So it's, it, it's, you know, from the, the derivatives of the word, but, uh, when we consider th- what we're not, what we're doing here is not in. This is not the Sabbath. This is this is Sunday. But Christians, we know this as the Lord's Day. You now Christians corporately celebrate on Sunday because it's the day that He rose. So we we've declared that to be the Lord's Day. And and uh, I I know of pastors that uh, rather than calling it Sunday, they call it the Lord's Day. You know, and you'll see it in the Scripture. I was uh, I, uh, John writing in um, uh, Revelation saying you know I was with the, I was I can't remember what he was saying there but he's saying on the Lord's day on the Lord's day so Sunday is the Lord's day we uh, we as Christians can celebrate Christ's resurrection every day and we should right because the resurrection of Christ if that didn't happen we have no hope if Christ isn't resurrected we're the biggest fools ever right because we've just given into a lie of some dude that came and made a lot of uh, uh, you know, these promises and, and declarations that didn't come true. But his resurrection is what seals everything. He said all these things, and he, and he proclaimed people. You know when, when you see withered hands being healed right in front of people's eyes, Jesus Christ is who he says he was, and he proved it, uh, and he backed up all the things that he said by the resurrection. So we can celebrate his celebra- his, his resurrection every day. We don't have to wait just to Sunday, and I encourage us every day to be in our word and praising him every single day. You know, Put on some good Christian music and, and rock out to it. Uh, if you don't like rock, then country out to it, or whatever you need to call it, okay? Uh, whatever that is. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 says, So let no one judge you in food or drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So Paul, again, writing to the church in Colossae, he's, he's explaining that don't let anybody judge you. And it's similar to what we're, we're seeing here. Some are going to celebrate this day. Some are going to celebrate those days. Let them do it. If you don't have a conviction in your heart, then, then you don't have to do it. right? The, the Lord is going to call each of us uh, to, to follow him. It, let everyone be fully convinced in his own mind. right? We need to understand. We need to remember that. right? We've studied that. Let everyone be fully convinced in his own mind. Somebody says, "Hey, you know what? On Saturday, I can't work. You know, the Lord has convicted me. I need to go home, and I can't work. And I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate that as a day of complete and utter rest." Amen. Awesome. We do need a day of rest, but we're not gaining a righteousness uh, as Christians and going back and then uh, because the Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. Remember that, right? So, so. Just having a good balance. Uh, let everyone uh, be fully convinced in our own mind. Remember, we have freedom in Christ. And he goes on to say, some are going to observe it, some who doesn't. Uh, you know, just uh, this, the specific days. Some people get wrapped up on Christmas. Like, well, well, it didn't really happen December 25th. Who cares? Right? All right? Uh, if somebody's going to say, just, guys, what are what are we celebrating? The birth of the Savior, right? If it was June 17th, it was June 17th. For some reason, and there's all kinds of speculation. Okay, well the Romans said it as December 25th. Whatever, uh, I, I, whatever. I don't even dive into it because I celebrate the birth, death, and resurrection of my Savior every single day. Uh, if we want to corporately, if we move Christmas to June, be dreaming of a sunny Christmas. You know, we're all going to be singing about sunburns okay so whatever it is right uh, we we it's 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 it, what is what is paul saying here he's saying that both of these people it's about giving god thanks that's the key of what he's saying like if you're going to observe this and you're not going to observe that that's fine but they both uh, they both do what they're convicted of by the holy spirit and they're giving god thanks that's the important thing regardless of the mindset uh from one person to another the focus is on god thankfulness uh, toward him and, and, uh, and uh, serving him. We let's just keep ourselves grounded and you know, not to think too highly of ourselves. Uh, the Lord's going to bring about what he wants to in our lives. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For uh, to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, so whether we're living or we're dying, what, he, what he's saying here is that uh, none of us who lives live to himself. There's a difference. Our, our life takes a different path at the point of faith, right? When we come to that point of salvation, we're now walking and, and living for Christ, there's a different life we're going to live. We don't live it for ourselves anymore. Our lives, as Romans 12:1 tells us, are to be lived out as a living sacrifice. We're, we're, we're carrying out a, a constant sacrifice to the Lord to please the Lord, right? Not being conformed uh, by this world, but being transformed into the, the image of Christ, right? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, it says. There's a renewal that happens, something that changes. So, and he says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord, Right? Paul, Paul said, uh, you know, t- for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I want to be here ministering to you guys, but I really want to be with the Lord. Whatever it is, I'm going to serve the Lord, whether I'm living or dying. It's no longer I who live, as he says, Galatians 2.20, but Christ that lives in me. Therefore, it says, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15 say, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, speaking of Christ, then all died. For he died for all, and uh, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Look at verse 9 where it's, uh, back in, in Romans where it says, for to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. That mindset of I'm my own man. I'm going to do what I want and those things. No, not if our life is in submission to Christ. No, I'm his man. His workmanship created uh, for his good works. What, what does he have for me to do? My life has changed. There's a, there's a difference in life. So Paul is addressing, hey, if we live, we live to Christ. If we die, we go to Christ, right? We, we live to Christ, whatever it is. We have to live like our old man is dead and our new man in Christ is living. And we're walking and doing as he leads us to do. Verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God, so that each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, this is talking of the bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, John chapter five, verse twenty-two says, "For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son." That's what this is talking about. That that Christ is the one that that we will stand before. Second Corinthians five ten says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that one may give uh, may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This is talking about every knee bowing and every tongue confessing. You know each of us shall give an account to God uh, uh, of, of, of ourselves, you know when when we uh, understand what that means when we're standing there now, the, the Bema Seat of Christ for Christians, when we stand there, this is to see what, what will we be gaining from the Lord. What reward are we going to be given? How is he judging us? This isn't whether we get into heaven or not. Okay, that's determined by grace through faith, right? But when we stand before the Lord, we give an account for how we lived our lives. So this isn't whether we're a Christian or saved or not. This is what reward will we be given? If you look at it as like a judge uh, of the of an olympic games okay this is how you perform this is what you will get right so when we're when that's what paul is talking about here every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord we see that we understand that but when we come before the lord and give an account for uh how we lived our lives that's that's not the time where we're going to find out am i saved or not right not for the not for the believer this is this is about being rewarded for our works therefore let us not judge one another anymore but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brothers way now there are a lot of people that love to use those two words judge not judge not judge not and they'll negate the rest of the bible they don't understand anything of what that actually means right but this is talking about brother and brother, brother and sister, right? Sister and sister. This is talking about our relationships between each other. Therefore, let us Christians not judge another anymore, one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block. Therefore, because we're accountable to Christ, we're not to, to judge one another anymore. That's a command. Paul's saying there, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. It's like if you don't feel like its it's not saying that. It's not saying that uh, if you don't feel like it, do, do it this way. This is This is Paul commanding. We know that's the Lord commanding. He's saying cut it out. Stop judging one another. Resolve this. He says if you want to have some peace, you want to have some resolve about something, it's this. Don't put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way because we're accountable for that. What does that mean? We're going to look into that here in just a moment. But what this is really saying is that brother or sister should be protecting our brother or sister from falling. We shouldn't be helping them fall, right? Now, this isn't talking about joking around, right? Because anybody who loves a good prank loves to make somebody trip or anything like that. This is talking about in their faith so that they would stumble in their faith. Don't be the one causing your brother to stumble in their faith is what Paul is talking about here. We understand that we have an enemy that wants to trip us up. Let's not be his assistants, right? So we need to recognize the attacks of the enemy, and he looks to drive a wedge. He tries to bring separation. He tries to get uh, to points where the church is not working in unison. The church is in all complete disarray. We have to be able to recognize that and understand, okay, what what are some ways that that can happen? You know, One way would be causing our brother or sister to stumble. By the way, we're acting, by the way we're living our lives. We have to approach our lives as Christians as, uh, as following the example of our Lord, who laid His life down for us. Jesus said there's no other, no greater expression of love than for one to lay down his life for his friends. We have to have that approach of servanthood between our brothers and sisters, that you're more important than I am. You know I, 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 I'm sorry, right? If, if, if this offended you, right? Let's use cigarettes as as a, as an example. I wholeheartedly do not believe if somebody smokes they're going to hell. Not at all. You know, is it bad for our health? I think that's pretty conclusive, right? And uh, and but if if I'm standing outside this church smoking a cigarette and a brother or sister is struggling with that, as the pastor, I might be causing them to stumble. So we have to be careful not to put a stumbling block in front of them. And and how are we going to conduct our lives that we would cause them to stumble? Would it shock any of you guys? Let's say you struggle with alcohol. And you and I have talked. And you see me walking out of a grocery store with a case of beer in my hand. Might that cause you to go, right? Some people can handle a glass of wine. For me, it can't be a part of my life. As a pastor of this church, I would cause people to stumble. I'm called to have a sober mind all the time. So there are things that might cause my brother to stumble. And there's all kinds of the arguments that we were just talking about, food and and uh, and all those types of things too. But what might cause somebody to stumble? We're, we, we, we don't want to be those people. It says, But rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block uh, or a cause to fall in our brother's way. If I know somebody's, you know, think of how wrong it would be if I, if I know somebody who's struggling with something and I say, hey, come on over, you know, hey, you, you want one? Whatever one is, right? I, I, am I showing love to my brother? Absolutely not. What I'm showing is I don't really care about you. I'm just doing this. And you ought to come alongside and, you know, it may outwardly look like this. But am I really loving them? No, I'm putting a huge stumbling block. Like this person can't handle this. This cannot be a part of their life. And if I'm saying, you want one? Whatever one is, right? I, 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 I'm not obeying the word of God. I, we're called to not put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How am I going to express that love? By encouraging you. To 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 come alongside. Let's go. Let's let's follow the Lord together. Let's let's walk. Let's grow in our faith together. First Corinthians chapter eight verse thirteen says, "Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat again. I never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble." Paul saying, "You know what? If I've got somebody here and they're so wrapped up over whether I eat meat, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. That's a love I don't have. I love you guys, but I'm eating." My brisket, okay, right? Paul is describing, uh, you know, a, a heart of a great uh, shepherd and a great friend. He's like, you know, I, I'm going to take my relationship with my brother or sister so seriously that if me doing something like this that is not, I know is not harmful, but it's going to be a stumbling block to them, I'll never eat meat again. He doesn't want to cut off that relationship. He doesn't want to cause somebody to stumble. It's about preserving our relationship. You know, what what we see here is these are things that we can look at that could uh, cause division within a body or division within a one relationship, and then that's going to spread, right? Those things. Satan does not want us in uh, unification, right? He doesn't want us united as a church. He wants to bring wedges. He wants to separate. We've talked about this, right? Anybody who's watched the Animal Channel, right? I know it's hard to say on animal planet, whatever it is. You've it's hard to see the baby gazelle get swallowed up by the lion. I know, but it it just happens, right? Whether we like it or not, it happens, right? Uh, But how do they get their prey? They separate one from the herd, right? And then boom, they all get them. That's how our enemy works. He works to bring some sort of stumbling block, some sort of of separation to to pull this one apart. Okay, I got this one. That life's destroyed. Okay, where's the next one? Those things. Let us not be the one that's throwing out the stumbling blocks in front of our brother that that our enemy can use. We have to remember there's a a focus on unity uh, that we we should have as the church. Verse 14, from the law of unity to the law of love. I know and, and, and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Paul's saying, look, I know that I've, I can eat, I can celebrate, I can do all these things, but I know not everybody's on board with me. That's what he's saying. There. You know, we, we just read through uh, in Leviticus what was clean food, you know, the clean foods for them to eat and uh, the things that were unclean. And uh, some of them are really easy right? I You don't have to convince me that eating a snail is gross, right? It's nasty. I remember my daughter coming up to us once with a whole handful, one of uh, my younger two coming up to us with a whole handful of slugs in their hand, right? There's just some things I don't want to eat, right? And, and I, I, I don't need to be convinced that I'm not going to even touch those things, right? So there are things that, that in, in their diet they couldn't eat. And then there's bacon. Then there's I don't not a big ham guy, uh, but I like bacon, you know whatever you're got to do with that, but uh, I like ribs. Uh, you know those things. I, I like to partake in those things, but some people can't. And what he's saying is especially in that day, if this is going to where where people are just coming out of that, if that's gonna cause a a, a problem, don't let it be apart. You know, understand to them it's unclean. So if one stumbled by food they're they're still growing in grace or one stumbled by whatever it may be. Uh, They're still growing in grace. God's going to bring about the change. Verse 15, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. So he goes on to say here, he says, he who serves Christ in these things. And he lists these three things, which are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Really, there's no other way to serve Christ. But he who serves Christ in these things, they're going to be acceptable to God and acceptable to men is what he's talking about here. If those things are the focus, right? Uh, you know, when when we are focused on righteousness, peace, and joy, uh, consider uh you know what our mindset's gonna be toward our brother. We're not gonna wanna cause them to stumble, we're not gonna want to hurt them. And he says, if 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 you're grieving your brother uh because of what you're eating, you're no longer walking in love. And you know, what does the scripture tell us? Romans chapter 12, verse 18. We just read it two weeks ago. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And I'll just add to that, not that I'm adding to the Bible, but especially the church. We should have a unity within the church. There shouldn't be a hatred. Does that mean every single one of us are going to be like the... Best of friends and, you know, let's go roller skating. Roller skating isn't even a thing anymore. I don't know why that came up. But, uh, but right, you know, not all, we're all, we have differences, right? We're still going to be, you know, drawn to certain, be- but a unity in Christ. That we're, that we're all actively looking to bless one another and, and, and to pour into people's lives. Our, our brother and sister's lives. Rather than causing uh, any, anything that would, that would uh, really grieve them. Romans uh, thirteen verse eight. We read this last week. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So when when Paul is talking about hey, if your brother's you know all messed up in, in how you're you know c- conducting your life, and you're just like I don't care, man. It's it, it, we can look at it in that because we don't really have arguments over uh, diet. Most of us don't over diets uh, these days. But if you look back, the the big thing at that point, what Paul was addressing was diet. But if I'm looking at you like, hey, you're just going to have to deal with that yourself. Rather than as brothers say, hey, I'm just going to, I want you to understand this, but if this is something that bothers you, it doesn't have to be a part of like when we're hanging out or anything. And like I said, this is not an endorsement of a sin. But if somebody, whatever it is, right, if somebody is, is convinced in their own mind that they can smoke and, and it greatly offends somebody else. And then maybe come to the point where you say, "Well, I know you're greatly offended, but I don't care." That's saying you're not you're not demonstrating the love of Christ, right? So we just have to be cognizant of you know what somebody's struggling with. You know, don't let them judge us. Don't judge them. But essentially, what is it? I hate, hate that I'm using examples. I'm, I'm trying not to, but essentially, that is what it is. But just we need to be uh, of the mindset that uh, that our lives are going to be. Uh, lived out serving Christ in righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, and uh, when we're, it, it says joy in the Holy Spirit. If, the, if that is the focus, then it's going to be awful hard for us to show a hatred to somebody or not love them, right? So if we're serving Christ and our life is right, we're probably not going to have these problems. Verse 19, therefore, let us pursue the things that make for peace and the things which uh, one may edify another. By which uh, one may edify another, what are you going to pursue? right? Therefore, right? I love the word therefore, because you can look back, right? For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. So uh, how do we wh- what does that mean? Well, it's somebody who uh, is serving Christ, and how are we doing that in righteousness, peace, and joy, which so you can back up and then you look into that therefore, because of those things, those are things that are active in my life. that's how I'm living my life that you should see a righteousness a peace and a joy in my life from the holy spirit you should see those things therefore let us pursue the things that make for peace he's addressing don't be divided over this don't don't uh, show love or hate uh, don't show hatred to your brother because of this or that he's saying what do you want to focus on what do you want to pursue the things that make for peace and things uh, by which one may edify another pursue those things it's talk, he's talking about a selflessness within us. Guys, the focus isn't us anymore. <laughs> Once we become Christians, like that whole focus in, in the culture we live in, where it's me, 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 I, 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 you know, all that stuff, that's all gone as a Christian. We're supposed to consider others more important than ourselves. And if we get a dang it there, you're still growing in grace, right? <laughs> right? We got to consider others more important than ourselves. But ultimately, Christ brings us peace. As we pursue him, all the changes that need to happen in our lives are going to happen. He's going to conform us. The Holy Spirit will do his work as we're pursuing the Lord, and he's going to conform us into the image of our Savior. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We want to be changed. We want to be this man or woman that the Bible's calling us to be. It's about diving into Christ. And it's at looking at, to that one that's the author and finisher of our faith. God, you've made me. Would you make me this person? Because I don't want peace. I want that person to go off and whine and cry. Or That's our flesh, right? That That, that isn't willing to love a brother uh, in, a, in a difficult situation. But Christ will bring out the change in our lives that needs to happen. Because we can look at these things and go, man, I don't know if I could love somebody if they're all offended by this and this and Just bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, would you take care of this? And he'll take care of it. He'll bring about the change. We're told here to pursue peace. We need to be pursuing peace. The things which make for peace. What can I do that's going to bring peace between my brother and I, my sister and I? Find that common ground. What, what, What can we talk about that we do like? You know, you may struggle with this—that's—that's uh, that's in the scripture—and and be hard-headed about whatever it is, right? Oh, this is a good example: um, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. Okay, right? Where, where? Okay, when's the rapture of the church? Oh, you're a mid-tribber. I hate you. You know what I mean? It's that mindset, right? It—we can get all wrapped up on that, guys. If somebody's a mid or post, it wrong. But, uh, but uh, no, just but. So it, 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 I'm just messing, guys. You understand. It's a joke, right? But if I say to somebody, no, you're a post-tribulation uh, uh, raptionist. I don't know what you call it. If you believe in post-tribulation or rapture, and I believe in pre-trib. Is that something we should be so divided over? No, right? But if we're sitting there saying, well, you know what? We're going to have the pre-tribulation Bible study over here. Um, you're not welcome to attend, Right? Then, then we're, there, there's a division there, and we're cutting off our brother or sister's ear and saying, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Right? Maybe that's a conversation you just avoid with that specific person. If you can't have a, a, a good conversation, just say, hey, you know what? We're going to find out someday. Why don't we just, I kind of hate these terms, but agree to disagree. But you know what I mean, right? Now, we're going to let that be something that, that comes between us or not. That's the best example I have for you. You guys know I'm not good with analogies, but pursue the edification of others, the building up, not tearing down, right? Not picking uh, each other apart, not judging one another. But what does this say here is to pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another, right? The world, our, our world, our culture tells us to edify ourselves, build ourselves up, right? That, that's and, and peace within ourselves. Right, but Christ like rips that all apart. He's you know, like, no, we need to have peace with one another, and we need to be edifying one another, building each other up. That focus, because what does it do? It takes the focus off of me, off of self, our favorite topic, me. Right? Where what? But I, I gotta, I gotta embarrass you. As Shane, Shane says, uh, what, what? The, the saying is, is, uh, I'm I'm not much, but I'm all I like to think about. Is that right? Am I saying that right? You know, Ken Graves has a saying, like he'll give somebody the credit for it twice and then he owns it. I just said, I read that in a text and I'm like, I couldn't really do that. He's sitting right there. I'm not much, but I'm all I like to think about. What, what, what uh, Shane is talking about is like, man, you know, for some reason, my mind just wants to go to selfishness. And, uh, he doesn't live that every single day if you know Shane, but we wrestle with those things. Selfishness, right? what, the scripture is calling us to is pursuing peace and pursuing the building up of others. How am I going to like God use me to sharpen, right? Iron sharpens iron, right? There's, there's a, there's a, a, a uh, focus that the Christian should have in our life uh, that we uh, wouldn't be so self centered. And um, we should walk our, in our lives in selflessness, serving Christ is going to result in us having a desire for peace and edification. So those those are going to be things that, that are a result of how we're living our lives. If we're properly ministering uh, as Christ calls us to, those things are, uh, yes, we're to pursue them and uh, those things, but it should be evident within our lives. But the focus is serving Christ. Do everything in righteousness, peace, and joy, as uh, we just read there. He is the main focus, not our opinion, not us being right or wrong about, Whatever argument it is, the focus is is our brother or sister growing in their relationship with Christ as we're growing in relationship with Christ. We'll finish out the chapter here. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man uh, who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor uh, drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. So there's a what we can consider here is taking a high road, not letting something trivial uh, be divisive uh, between us uh, within the church, not wanting to offend a brother, not wanting to destroy the work of God. Now, could somebody get discouraged from a bad relationship within the church and say, I'm out of here, this whole Christian thing, I'm all done with it? They could over something that maybe doesn't need to be something. You guys have heard the term. Uh, you know, I was talking with Dave about something. Uh, recently, and and he was saying that a a brother uh, had shared with him, he's like, uh, about a specific thing he's going on, he's like, is that really the hill you want to die on, right? Do we need to go like, this is life or death for the relationship or not, right? Uh, Is that the case? No? Okay, then let's, 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 you know, uh, not make a mountain out of a molehill. Let's, uh, let's keep things all in context. Now remember, this says destroying the work of God. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. And he talks about it and he says, or is offended or is made weak. He's talking about the weaker brother. Right? Receive those who are weak, right? He's started the chapter with that. So if the focus is, is you know what, if somebody's still growing or anything, I don't want to destroy the work that God is doing in them. And I'm just going to be able to go and say, Oh, you know, okay, cool. Do you like football? Right? Find something. There's a common ground where you guys can work together. And there's guys if, if, if we're kind of um, and I don't see anybody that's checked out. I'm not uh, this isn't anything, B- but the church gets divided over the dumbest of things. Shane told me once he was in a church, there's this massive church split. Who is it was about? The color of the carpet. The color of the carpet. Guys, the church can get so stupid about stuff. We can't be like that. We're called to 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 unity in Christ. Paul makes it clear that all food is pure here. And I'm, oh, I'm so grateful for that. But you know what? If, if me doing something, sitting there, having a meal with somebody, it's going to be offensive to them. It'd be better if I don't eat meat. I might eat that meal and then say, hey, have a good day, and drive right around the corner and, and sit down and eat a real meal. But uh, that is what it is. Peace and edification, right? That's our goal. Not to cause a brother to stumble. You know, some, uh, as we've talked about, some may be able to have a glass of wine. Some can't. The elders in this church are told they can't. Uh, that's just, if you're teaching here uh, and, and and you're in a position of leadership here, you're serving here, I can't have you walking out of somewhere and seeing having somebody go, what's going on with that? Right? It's, that's just part of the, this church's uh, rules that's continued from will. Will told me this can't be a part of your life. Good. I was done drinking by the time I was old enough. You know, I'd already had enough. I knew how stupid it was, uh, but I got over it. There was an interesting story I, I heard regarding Spurgeon and Moody about uh, Moody getting upset. Uh, he came over and, and uh, he, uh, those two were friends and, and uh, uh, Spurgeon is uh, is smoking a cigar. Moody comes over. He goes, "So you preach on Sunday, and then you're just sitting here smoking a cigar." And I guess Moody was a, a larger man, over 300 pounds. And Spurgeon just looked at me and goes, "At least I have self-control, <laughs> right?" So, so I mean, there's food. There's what. What are we going to find here that that we might nitpick each other on? You know. So those two had to figure that all out. I'm sure they did. But new Christians may be tending to be more legalistic. You know, what do we do? We seek those things that we can have a common ground, enjoy our fellowship, and God will cause spiritual growth uh, in each of us. You know, if our focus is selflessness, peace, uh, joy, and, uh, you know, serving one another and edifying one another, then, uh, then things are, are going to end up uh, where they need to be. Again, I will say this. This is not what we're we're not addressing. We're uh, we're talking about things that are 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 debatable, whether they should be, you know, are you going to believe this or that? Or this is not saying like if somebody's sinning, don't don't address it. This is not doing that at all. Okay. verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So just realize this: there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, we don't have to sit there and get to a point of of, of doubt and uh, condemnation and, and all those things. Just walk with Jesus. Focus on ministry. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. He's going to work out the little things within our lives. We shouldn't uh, be condemning. Uh, uh, anybody else or, uh, or, or anybody uh, or, or even ourselves, right? We, there shouldn't be a doubt, like, can I eat this or anything? No, I'm walking. We, we have to know. Okay, Christ, Christ fulfilled all the things of the law, and I can eat this, right? Just enjoy the freedom that we have in Christ. Enjoy our brothers and sisters and our unity we have in him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that your word calls us uh, to not be selfish. It calls us to go against uh, the the desires uh, that we uh, just inherit when we're born, that we're number one. But your word tells us to love one another, to, to look to edify, to build up others. Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit changes us, that the ultimate example for us to follow is Jesus Christ, who lived a selfless life. Lord, make us more like you. Change our hearts. Let there not be division between relationships here within this church. Our enemy wants to drive wedges and create division, and we pray that we'll be united in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you guys. God bless you.